Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is August 17th, 2020, which means I'm on day 247 in a row of 365 promised episodes. It brings you unedited, unscripted improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. I got a birthday shout out for you folks for a girl by the name of Ashley Ayton. Formerly one of the best friends of my own wife, probably still is, just they don't speak very much. This girl I absolutely grew up with in every school I went to. I went to elementary with her. I went to junior high with her. I went to high school with her. And you know what? Although we lost contact... And we never were, you know, on a first name, all the time contact basis. We always knew of each other's existence. We always had a relationship where we never had any drama and we respected each other. And she was absolutely one of the best students and people I ever met growing up. This girl has a huge heart and a great work ethic. And has absolutely proven that you can come from our little neighborhood in the middle of nowhere and be a success in life. And for that, I say, happy birthday, Ashley. Congratulations on having such a fantastic life that you've made for yourself. You and your family, amazing. I hope that every day is as amazing as it should be because you deserve it and have a fantastic afternoon. Yay! The NBA postseason begins today, folks, but the real game that I'm interested in is at 6 p.m. this evening with the Los Angeles Clippers taking on the Dallas Mavericks. This is number seven versus number two in the West, number two being the Clippers, who I absolutely love because they were formerly the San Diego Clippers, and I am a regional fan. I've been to the Staples Center many a times to see the Clippers play. I can't wait for Balmer to build them a brand new basketball arena in Inglewood. That's going to be amazing, but for the time being, everybody plays in the bubble, and that's where they're going to be playing, and that's where I'm going to be watching. Well, from home, I'm going to be watching that game, and I assure you, the Clippers will come out on top. There is... A very slim chance of a Dallas W coming out of this 6 p.m. basketball game today. But we will see because the Mavericks fought their way into the seventh spot and held strong. And you know what? You cannot underestimate any Western Conference team at this point. The West is stacked. Now, I seriously believe that this series will go the direction of the L.A. Clippers. If it does not... That's one less team of mine in the running for a national championship. But I I predict tomorrow the main event of all basketball, the most important game, the most watched, I'm certain, of all postseason games will be the Blazers versus the Lakers. And I just hope that it is truly Dame time because they got nobody to guard Lillard with Avery Bradley out and Rondo out. The Lakers are relying on 
Quantavius Caldwell Pope or whatever that guy's name is, and he's just a nobody. So I'm saying Blazers all day over the Lakers tomorrow, but tonight we'll see the Clippers beat the Dallas Mavericks. I swear not a day passes by that Ryan Reynolds isn't in the headlines for something. This time, it's an over $600 million deal for his brand Aviation Gin, purchased now by Diageo, the liquor company that also owns George Clooney's Casamigos, which they purchased for $700 million recently. Now, I gotta say, this company has some money to throw around because they're just buying up liquor brands left and right. But it's also a generous bonus to our good friend Double R, who has waited for his movies to either be able to come out, like Free Guy, or to be in production, like Deadpool 3. Being in limbo as an actor definitely sucks, because during times of social distancing, you can't very well make an entire film, unless it's animated, or people can be separate. But when you're doing a live-action film of some kind, this requires groupings of more than 10 people to be in the same place at the same time. Which, as you know, according to the governor, Gavin Newsom, no longer Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I still like saying that, uh, you can't do it. No gatherings over 10 people. And so for, for Ryan Reynolds, who I'm sure makes most of his movies in Hollywood, uh, this aviation gin opportunity actually started a couple years ago before this pandemic even began and ended with him making a whole boatload of money while sitting around waiting for the coronavirus to subside. Wow. Lucky for you, sir. I personally really wish I had got into a liquor company only two years prior and made $600 million off of it later. With an upfront payment to him, of $335 million. These are numbers that I, they're hard for me to even say because I know for a fact I'll never know. If I took every single person I've ever met in my entire life and added up every bit of income they've made from 18 till now, including my own, it wouldn't even be a fraction of that. I realized just recently I don't know any rich people at all. I know zero rich people. And I live in San Diego. There's a lot of rich people here. Where are they? I don't know. We were looking for a rich person recently to purchase out some uh, of the portion of the owner that owns some of my brother's house because he owns half. His ex-wife owns the other half. We wanted to buy her out so that he could remain in San Diego with his kids and stay in his brand newly renovated house that he just added a top layer on, you know, and upstairs. It was It's amazing. It's beautiful. But now he's got to sell it. And we were thinking, man, we'll just find a rich person who wants to throw down a quick 100000 and we're good to go. We couldn't find a single person. Not anyone in my whole family. Not anyone we've ever met. We couldn't even collaborate 100000 between like 30 of us. That is really sad. What is going on in this world where I'm 34 and I don't know a single rich person? Didn't anybody I grew up with create their own app 
and you know now they're millionaire and just have giant skyscrapers in a downtown location somewhere and they just take us out for high-end single malt 15 year and above scotch out on the town sometimes when they come around in their limo no we know no one who's rich we only know poor people this is sad but congratulations to you ryan reynolds Well, folks, on August 11th, the Chinese president announced an initiative to lower food waste in China. Yes, apparently they have food crises all the time in China. And recently flooding destroyed tons of rice and swine flu killed off a lot of their pigs. They're just trying to stop the amount of food waste, including 17 million tons of food waste from their catering industry. But with regards to restaurants, some have taken a very strange approach to help minimize food waste, including one famous beef restaurant chain in China that has decided now to weigh its patrons upon entry to determine what number of calories their body type should consume at dinner time. Yeah. This came off as pretty offensive, as you can imagine, because if you're fat and you walked onto the scale, they offered you braised pork. If you're skinny and you walked onto the scale, they offered you a fish head. All I know is I personally, I'm not worried about fat shaming and, you know, I'm not to an extent where I'm so worried that I'm fat that I'm going to be judged. But if I walk into a restaurant and they weigh me, to determine what meal I should eat based on their opinions of daily caloric intake, I gotta say that's that's annoying at least, if not very offensive to some, especially ladies. I would say screw you. I would just simply say I'm gonna order whatever I want. You'd be surprised at how much I can eat and if it tastes good enough, my plate will be cleared no matter what. Plus, we all know that Chinese food just breathes leftovers. You always have leftover Chinese food. No matter what, if you go out to a Chinese restaurant, you bring some home. If you order some and they deliver it, you've always got those little square white boxes that never stay closed because the flap is just worthless after the first use. And they sit in people's fridges. And granted, most of the times, people don't notice them again for a week and then throw them away. But for anybody like me who loves Chinese food, I'm eating it either that night or the next day for lunch. So do not worry about food waste when Pete is entering your Chinese restaurant. However, for the folks who actually endured this weighing of themselves upon entry, they were very dissatisfied. And the company has decided to make it optional. They say it was optional the whole time. But they're going to leave it optional anyways for those folks who want to determine how much they should eat before they enter, and for other folks that don't want to be fat-shamed when they eat a massive plate of Mongolian beef. Well, folks, I know there's a heat wave here in Southern California. In fact, in Death Valley, temperatures reached 130 degrees for the first time in 107 years a lot of hundreds coming out at you right now that's really freaking 
hot. I do not understand or even know who's out there taking these temperatures because if they're still alive, then good for you, sir. I can't do it. Now, they say the heat wave hits all the way up to the coast, but it's 75 degrees right now, and it's 1130 in San Diego. It's not hot. It's just a normal, sunny, beautiful summer day, and I have not seen a rise in temperature even slightly. So I have no idea what anyone's talking about. For me, it almost seems fake, but I'm certain to not experiment and test these theories by going to the east and checking out this 130 degree Death Valley temperature myself. I'm not doing it. That just sounds like you couldn't survive. Is somebody like, are people driving through this 130 degree weather? Are there cars making it? I don't know. Either way, it makes me really happy to have that ocean breeze coming in. I'm only a few blocks from the ocean. You know, I get that wind. And In fact, at night, last night, I was cold. I was cold last night with my windows open. Isn't that crazy? And yet here you have, only a couple hours away, 130 degree temperature. I mean, you might as well test the old fried egg theory at that point. Throw a pan on the sidewalk and cook yourself some scramby eggs outside with the sun. That might actually be the best scrambled eggs you've ever had because they don't have the, you know, the crusty fire or burning sensation you get from a stovetop or anything else. It's the natural sunlight cooking those eggs for you. Or maybe they'll be hard boiled if you just let a rack of 12 eggs sit in your backyard for a couple hours. I don't know. But regardless, 130 is too much. And I say no thank you to that. Anyone who's out there enduring this heat, why the F haven't you moved to somewhere cooler? <laughs> Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast that we all want to hear so desperately. And that is Real Stories brought to you by me, Peter Timothy Hankst, and Barbecusion. That's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And today, since there's such a supposed heat wave, I'm going to tell you a little story about a time my father and I took a trip from Oregon to deliver my grandparents a new vehicle. Yes, so growing up, I started to realize me, my parents, and my grandparents did not have a lot of money when my dad decided it was time to drive a wagon, an old school, like 90s, maybe late 80s POS wagon with, I, I seem to believe it having the actual wood trim. It may have been a woody, but it was for sure a wagon that we had to drive to my grandparents' house out in Joshua Tree, which is in the desert, which is out actually not far from me right now, but where we lived in Oregon and Portland, it was really far. So my dad and I had the mission to drive this car down to them, so they had a vehicle, and apparently their car wasn't working or something. We were going to do them a favor. And typically speaking, my grandparents did favors for us, they would buy us all gifts during our birthdays. They would come visit us. They would, I think, probably give my parents a little bit of money. But in this case, the, the roles were reversed. 
they were on a downturn. My parents had some money and my dad wanted to treat them with a nice, not new wagon vehicle. It must have been like an Oldsmobile Cutlass wagon or it was like a, a Ford Wagoneer. I don't know what it was. It was terrible. So we hop in this thing. AC doesn't work great. No problem because we're leaving summertime in Portland, which is never too hot. And as we reach Southern California, we begin to realize there's some issues with the vehicle. It doesn't sound great. It doesn't run great. It's not great. But we decide, oh, well, you know, we're going to drive into the hills. And for some reason or another, east of me is the Anza Borrego Desert, where it's not just a flat desert. There is mountainous regions to this desert, but they're still really hot. So we began going up one of these mountains, twisting and turning, and the car is just not performing the way you would want a vehicle to perform while you're in the middle of a desert with your young son. And of course, the inevitable of occurred, the car overheated and broke down. Now, I hardly remember what happened after this because I know our car was broken down and I know we took the water that we had to drink and either poured it into the radiator or on top of the block, which is stupid because if you put something cold on a very hot engine block, it could crack. But regardless of whether we knew better or not, I assume my dad knew better. We did something to cool off this vehicle, which took away our opportunity to have refreshments for ourselves, and we were dying of heat stroke in the middle of this desert. The car was flat out not starting. There was not a vehicle in sight passing near us. I mean, we couldn't flag down someone for help, and we were not anywhere near a single establishment that could help save our asses. So we were in quite the pickle, if you could imagine. Quite a predicament. A father-son combo of two people know nothing about cars who are in a busted-up wagon that's broken down in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the summer, in the middle of a heat wave. Things were not looking good for us. In fact, I admit I'm surprised to be alive to this day after enduring such an atrocious journey to deliver a vehicle that was extremely unreliable. Somehow, some way. We got this thing started again, and we figured out a path directly to my grandparents' house, not involving too many more mountainous regions, and we made it there in one piece with this busted-up vehicle that we were a little bit reluctant to now give to them, considering the issues we had on our way there. But, in fact, we gave it up. And I believe we flew back. I don't know who took us to the airport because I probably did not want to get back into that busted up old wagon. And where they lived was flat out desert. It was a small town. It had just about nothing out there. But I remember there was a movie theater. There was a Walmart. And there was like a Home Depot type scenario. And I remember my grandparents were quite gracious for having us made the journey to provide them with a vehicle. Although, the weird thing about them was, it was like they were so used to the heat that I remember my grandmother wearing sweaters when I would arrive 
to their boiling hot destination of their house. And I tell you, I would try and sleep there and it would be so hot. I would want to be completely naked and have a fan on me. And there was no way of doing either of those things. And you would just lay there sweating and dying and really looking forward to getting the hell out. I don't know how they lived through this for so many years, but apparently one year there was a fluke circumstance where it actually snowed out there in the desert. And my gramps hurt himself while shoveling snow away from their front door. I, I can't even imagine that happening because if you've ever been to uh, the Morongo Trail or Big Morongo or that area, there's also a, a casino out there called the Morongo Casino. It's just that type of area. It has the giant dinosaur gas station thing where there's this huge dinosaurs. There's even one you can go into and it's a novelty shop. You know, it's it's famous for this. I don't know why. We used to go out there. It's too hot. End of story. Don't go out there yourself. It's stupid. Thank you very much for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today, folks. It means the world to me to have listeners just like you. I hope you have a fantastic afternoon. And you guessed it, I will talk to you tomorrow. I remember this feeling I had when I was stuck out there in the desert with my dad and the car was broken down. That heaven was so far away from where I was. I was in hell. And there's a song with those exact lyrics that I'm going to play for you now by a band called The Offspring called Gone Away. Hope you enjoy. <laughs>